Welcome to the School of the Word. This is Lesson 7 in our teaching series, As in the Days of Noah, titled The Three Invitations. Our teacher is Alan Smith. Well, we are now uh, in As the Days of Noah, as we continue this with this Yahweh expression that Yahweh created the heavens and the earth. He put breath into man. He put us here on the earth. He gave us a free will. He said, he said, okay, let's go, follow me. And he turned around and looked behind him and nobody was there. Everybody had ran off to do their own thing. And so God's been in the gathering business uh, ever since, regathering that that he has created. And the whole idea that he has had in this was that he would give man a choice to choose him. So it spurs this teaching as in the days of Noah. And as we're going through this, I do have a lot of scripture I want to try to go over. And the Holy Spirit, thank you for being here with us with such an introduction as the Holy Ghost has. Uh, <clears throat> so let's be in union with his Holy Spirit as he shows us as in the days of Noah. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So we see that in this communion that we have with God, God has created us. Uh, we have fallen short, and He has redeemed us. And it's in this redemption process that we now have awakened this morning in 20 and 22. We've awakened and found ourselves in this transition of being restored and, and to our Creator. Uh, we're not fully restored yet. We're being restored. Amen. And the only thing God asks us to do is to join Him in this restoration process. <laughs> and... Uh, when we join him in the restoration uh, process, <clears throat> what it, uh, if you can grasp what I'm saying here, as, as we're being restored, as we are agreeing with him in our restoration process and we're being restored, then we get to graduate to the next grade. Somebody say amen. And, and so it's very important that we agree with the grade that we're in and then with the restoration process that we find ourselves in. We need to agree with it. Let's, let's do it. Let's agree with it. Let's, and let's, let's store it in our memory as this is the truth. And so when, when it is, you see, <clears throat> God, what he does with his Holy Spirit, he gives us this impartation of his spirit so that we can get it. You know, there's there's one thing to to learn in school, and there's another thing to get it. Uh, I, I tried to learn algebra, but it wasn't until I got it that I could get it. Right. You, know, you know what I'm saying? You, it, it's you, something you got to get it, and uh, and this is true learning process with God. He 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 wants us to get it. So we find ourselves in all of these different levels, these different grades of the Spirit. And the only thing we got to do to move on and to move ahead is to get it. We like to stay for some reason as Christians in this place of limbo. Well, I think it's this and I think it's that. Well, it could be this. And there's nothing wrong with that as we're moving forward. But there does need to be some conclusions on some things so we can graduate a class and get on to the next class and get into the next phase of, of our learning and our understanding of this, if you will, this restoration school of earth that we find ourselves in. So as, as we see this as in the days of, 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 of Noah, and we're understanding that God is that song Yahweh says breathes into us, and for some reason that song has got a lot more to say to us yet uh, throughout this day, maybe weeks to come. But the, as God's trying to breathe upon this people and upon us here, 
<clears throat> he wants us to see some truths in his word so we know where we are. We can, uh, that's the reason I, I love, no, I don't love, I, I don't love to debate scripture. I, in, in scripture, people love to debate scripture. And, I, and I'm okay with debating Scripture and all that, but I'm, I'm really big on let's get some things straight in the Word of God and let's move on, right? I, I'm really big on that because I know how it works. I know that if I stay in limbo in a lot of areas that I can't, I can't, move, I can't move on. I, abortion, that's settled with me. That's, I think it's murder. Okay. So, so I can move on from that, right? Adultery, it's wrong. Yeah. Right? Does everybody agree with that? And so, so we get some certain things, fundamentals settled in our mind. Then what does that do for us? It allows us to, us to move on. So as, we, as we're moving on, it's very important that we understand this division in Scripture, if you will. As in the days of, of Noah, also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, if you think, we know that the whole world gives a testimony into the first coming of Christ uh, based on the year that we all use on our checkbooks or uh, 2022. The, the whole world gives a testimony unto the date. I mean, I, I listen, Muslims do too. Right? You see what I'm saying? Hindus. Everybody gives a testimony of the first coming of Christ. I, I think that's kind of, I don't think there's any more argument. Uh, if the whole world embraces that, what? Come on, somebody, duh. I mean, can we not say this is a huge testimony right in front of us every day? We look at the calendar, right? It's a huge testimony until the first coming of, of Christ. Well, now, now believe it or not, <clears throat> in the Old Testament, there was this huge uh, deal made out of that first coming of Christ. And yet, voila, here he comes and there he was. It, there's also just as big a thing about his second coming. Uh, if the first coming is this big deal about time, trust me, the second coming is a big deal about time. See? Time's getting ready to start over with his second coming. It's the end of the tribulation period. This one's burned up and all kinds of mess happens. Jesus comes back. We have Armageddon. Jesus comes back and he gets ready. Uh, he establishes his millennial reign of a thousand years. And, he, and all kinds of stuff goes on there. If you want to talk about that someday, I'll be glad to. And then, son of a gun, then we're going to, at the millennial reign, we're going to have another little skirmish. I don't understand that, why God's going to have that other little skirmish. Satan will be loosed a little bit, and then he'll, he'll be thrown in where he didn't, couldn't come back. And then the new Jerusalem comes down and sets up here on this earth. Now, I, I don't, I, I don't uh, understand all that, but I believe it as much as one plus one equals two. And since I believe it and understand it, that level, then I can I, I go on with things. I can move on. And so, here, so uh, my point is, the second coming of Christ is just as big as the first coming of Christ, and all of the earth will give testimony unto the second coming of Christ. Every eye shall see. Right, the whole earth will see. And I made this comparison before in the rapture of the church. The whole world world doesn't see. Only the believers see him coming in the clouds. The rest of the world's looking around and saying, well, where'd everybody go? What's your... I know people make fun of the Left Behind series. I'd be careful what I made fun of, though. I really would. I'd be very, very careful of, uh, am, am I saying that's a perfect interpretation? I'm sure not. But I still would not make fun of it. Uh, uh, I, I just wouldn't. That's just wisdom, that's all. Uh, or fear. 
whichever which one you want to take it in. So we see this is going to be the second coming of Christ. It's a huge deal. It's a big deal. And so we see here that it says, uh, says it uses it as in Scripture as a place of division. Now, we also know that the great flood was a, was a big deal, right? We had the flood. Flood was a big deal. There, there was a world here before. Uh, there was a pre-flood and a post-flood. The world pre-flood was a world that we didn't, we don't, it's hard for us to understand. It was, it was, uh, we've been over it, a world of Nephilim, we had angels and, and, and humans crossbreeding, if you will. And, the, and, and in this, it produced this super race, kind of. That's where you get your ideas, and perhaps Trevor will talk with us sometime on gogs and demagogues and, and all of this sort of mess. Uh, it was pre-flood. But now we know that all of that is, is gone, and for some reason in 2022, we sit here and we view everybody as went on before us as dumb and stupid. Now, that is, in, in all wisdom, that's not a wise thing to think. Uh, I, I personally believe pre-flood, there were smarter people then than there are now, and uh, I mean, you tell somebody today to go build a pyramid, and let's see how far they can get, right? So, I mean, somebody had to be pretty smart. And so anyway, so as we see that we're living in a time of 2022, we're post-flood, and we're post-Christ. Christ has been here on the earth, first coming, great, huge deal. A lot was going on. Christ died. All of a sudden, there was a huge shift. We call it the New Covenant, right? New Testament, the blood of Christ. And that, that happened when? At the cross of Christ, something shifted. Now, there's going to be another shift at His second coming. And it's compared to as the days of Noah. Now, keep that in mind as we move on here. Now, it says, I, I'm not trying to reteach anything, and I'm not going to. I'm just assuming you've heard the teachings up to this point, because we must go on. Well, the bridegroom comes for His bride, is, is where we're picking up. We picked up uh, there uh, last week also. We're speaking about uh, when you speak about the bridegroom and uh, uh, the bridegroom and the groom and in, in, in the rapture of the church. I've taught y'all how that's like the wedding uh, ceremony. There's a lot of things in that wedding ceremony that I didn't touch on. Uh, uh, there's one that I wish I had a. I did, well, I'm just going to tell you now. Then uh, there's one end up wedding ceremony that when you know the groom, I taught you know the groom comes to get the groom and. And, well, actually, there's two things. The groom doesn't come until uh, he's got the room done, right? Now, it goes a little deeper than that if you want to go a little deeper. And then if to go a little deeper in that one is the groom doesn't come. The groom doesn't even know when he's going to come because he doesn't know when he's going to have the room finished, right? So, so Christ said, you know, no man knows the day or the hour, right? And so, the, it, but the, the point is the groom didn't know in that marriage ceremony because he, he didn't know he was going to have the house gun done. But when the groom had the house done, he still couldn't go until the father told him he could go. Now, I think that's very interesting. I didn't get into all of that, but I want to, for some reason, I want to throw it in now. When the father says, so the son had the room done, he was, look, he was waking up every morning looking at the father, you know, <laughs> is, this, this is it today? And then, then only the father See, the father's the only one that knew. Jesus didn't know when they asked him. And so the father's the only one. So Jesus now went to prepare a place. So Jesus, every morning, I guess, when they wake up and, and go to the, to, to the holy seat there, Jesus probably looking over. He's on, you know, no, he'd look to his left. He's on the right. So, he, uh, uh, so he'd look over God, Father, and say, is today today? 
Now, to me, that's just absolutely amazing. It how, listen, if you want somebody to keep a secret, give it to God. He's good at it. God can keep a secret. Everybody else is questionable, right? But, but God knows how to keep a secret. So Jesus is looking in this ceremony. He's looking under the Father. But in the ceremony, when, when uh, and then the next thing is, when the father looks at the son and said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, today's the day. Well, then Jesus, he, he picks up. He's ready to meet us in the cloud right now. But, but one thing that happened in that marriage uh, cer ceremony, uh, the Galileans there, it was a little, it, it was Galilean Jews, but it, the Galileans are a little different than just the total Jewish sect in that they added, they had a couple of extra things there. And one of the things was they had this thing that they would carry the bride in. So the, the groom would go to get the get his bride, and he would take off. And two of his, his friends would come with him because part of what the, the groom had to build was this little, uh, he's got two, two handles in the front and two in the back and a little seat in the middle. And then, and then the, the, the groom would go get his bride, and so she would come and she would step in that thing, and then they'd pick her up, and she'd sit in it. And they would carry the point was she wasn't to touch the ground till she got to the to the father's house. I didn't get in at all that because it just opens up a beautiful can of worms. <laughs> and, and and point being, they pick her up and, and she's carried in the air to the to the father's house. You see. And there's all kinds of stuff like that that I wanted to get into and I was trying to hurry. Maybe I shouldn't have hurried. I, I, I really don't know. But, but none the other. When he was speaking about this, he says, comfort one another with these words. So I'm like, boy, that makes me comfortable. I kind of I like that idea of, of, of the... Uh... Now, you can say, well, what, what about Israel? Well, the thing is about Israel, God's going to... God, we're going to be taking the church, Jews and all, is going to be taken out here at the rapture of the church. Then a lot of people is going to say, uh-oh, the book was right. It was real. I mean, a lot of people converted and tribulated. Well, yeah, a good bit converted. Then you're going to have 144 Jews are converted, and then they're going to uh, go out and, and evangelize. But what it says is, see, see, they're his people too, but these people are the people that rejected the first two invitations, which I got into a little bit last week, and if I'll hush and get on with it, I'll get into more of it this week. You got two invitations where the Jewish nation and the Jewish leaders rejected the first two invitations. You see. And so they weren't in the bride yet. Do uh, you, you get that? They're, they're not part of the bride yet. They're, they're not in the bride yet. So they got, you've got this tribulation comes upon the earth. But, but those that are, that, that are, the Jews in Jerusalem today are not converted Jews for the most part. Does everybody understand that? Everybody says, well, it's going to start Israel's becoming a nation, which is true, and I totally agree with. But the big deal doesn't really start shifting till we get into tribulation. Then the Jews are converted, and they're like, whoa, yeah, okay. Jesus is the Messiah. Then that starts something else. Well, when that happens, God's going to protect them. Now, the, in other words, you can look. All right, let's go back to the days of Noah. You got Noah. You got, you got the righteous. So the righteous build a boat, and God sends a flood, and it takes out all the sinners, and, and God puts the righteous in a boat or an ark, which we understand is Jesus Christ for us. As he, he is our ark. He is our salvation. <clears throat> well, their salvation was to build a boat. <clears throat> now, why was it important that they build a boat? Well, 
All of this stuff with God, God has his deal. He just, he got, he's got, he's just, he's a little temperamental. He, he's got a deal. And the, and the deal is he likes to be taken up at his word. Okay. So, so, so God gave them this idea of, of, he said, okay, you've got, he said, he said, Noah, I'm going to give you some good news. I want you to build this boat because I'm going to send a bunch of water. Now, for some reason, Noah believed that. Now, was, it, was he a righteous man? He was a righteous man. But what made Noah a righteous man? Not, he was a righteous man because he said yes to God. See, Noah could have said yes or no. He said yes, made him a righteous man. Why? Because he said yes. He agreed with God. So what makes you righteous? What the blood of Christ and atonement? I get all that. I understand all that. But what causes me to walk in righteousness is I say yes to God. That's all. I, I say when God says, I say yes, God. We sing a song about Yahweh. It's his breath. We worship him. He's in us. Not yes, God. Yeah. I, I agree with you, God. So therefore, it creates a supernatural spiritual event of me singing Yahweh. And supernaturally, I've said yes to God. And supernaturally, the yes turns into how many yeses? You see, a yes begets a yes. A no begets a no. You've heard it said how many trees are in one apple seed. That's true. I'll give you one bigger net. How many yeses are in one yes to God? See, it's important that we go through this yes. So God, see, said, so, so God gave a gospel according to Noah. That's, that's what it is. It was good news. God said, okay, Noah, you build a boat. And, you believe, and so he believed that. And so the gospel according to Noah was build a boat. Well, I don't lead somebody into salvation today by telling them to go build a boat, even though there's a lot to go to Lake Norman that believe that. <laughs> All right, I understand. But that's not what I tell people to be saved. Why? That was the gospel to Noah, not the gospel to Alan. Now, I look back on that gospel, I understand it. So we also have a gospel to the nation Israel, and we got a gospel to the, to the body of Christ. They're all good newses. Now, you've heard me say this before. One doesn't include three, but three includes one. one uh, three doesn't include one and two, but two includes one. Three includes one and two. Point B in the three includes the first two. So anything, when it comes to God's Word, anything that God has said turns into law. Just is. Well, I'm saved by grace. I'm, that's how I'm saved. I'm, I'm saved by grace. It's a gift to God. That's three. It includes one and two. The, the gospel, the grace of God includes Noah's gospel. Build a boat. You and your household will be saved. You, you see what I'm saying? And so as we get into understanding the scriptures, anything that God has said previous to what he's saying, it, it, it includes everything before that. It's reading a lot of people say, well, God's not healing today. I'm like, duh. It was a, it's a law. God said it uh, 2,000 years ago. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bad hermeneutics here. When God says something, it just is. God never says, uh-oh. God never says misprint. You see what I'm saying? There's certain, we can understand the scriptures, but we got to, there's certain things we have to understand. God doesn't. 
Now, a lot of times God repeats himself because we're hard of hearing, but it never changes. You see? So, so here we got this, the God said all this stuff pre-flood. So he goes back here and he says, as in the days of Noah. Well, that's already been declared of what God will do, God's judgment. So is God's judgment real? Yes. Will it, will it be a judgment again? Uh, it'll be a judgment, not by water, but by fire. So, so we understand in, in looking and approaching these scriptures, and I'm not getting anywhere I want to go. Why in the world am I saying all this? I'm, I'm trying to bring clarification as we move forward. When God says certain things, once God says it, it's a law. A gospel according to Noah was you build a boat. God built a boat, and he saved his righteousness in the wrath. The flood's there. So those that were saved during that time, God gave an ark. We are in this parentheses I've taught you. We're in this inner, we're in this mystery, we're in this secret. And God's, we're part of his bride. Is, is Israel part of the bride? Yes. It just so happens when they get in, God's going to give them provision. He's going to keep them. He's going to look after them. Now, a lot of, you can say a lot of them die. Yeah, a lot of them's going to die. So well, that don't look like it's looking after. To me, what we don't have the concept of is hereafter is better than here. That's our problem. You see, there, there's there's worse things <laughs> uh, than being in heaven. So anyway, so. So, amen. Yeah, amen. I, yes, there is. So, so as we understand this and we're moving forward, we get into these days of Noah, we start saying, wow, you're kidding me. So we see that we're to comfort each other with these words. So we find ourselves, we're in the body of the Christ, we're in this parenthesis, we're in this mystery, we're in this secret. God gives us this revelation, hey, he's going to pull us out before the non-believing, he's going to give them an ark of protection too. But it just so happens we're in the bride, and you just need to rejoice about that. And 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 will Israel be part of that bride? The answer is yes. Uh, they get in on it. And Lord Jesus, help me to move. Here we go. Now I did this prophecy versus the secret. Now, so we got these two stories. You got a lot of type of divisions. You got Old Testament, New Testament. You got Old Covenant and New Covenant. So we see that Jesus is the New Covenant, which answers the Old Covenant, right? So we don't have a problem with that. Well, Old Covenant's prophecy, New Covenant's secret. That's all. And, and so as, as we see this division, I hate to use the word division, as we see the Bible progress in Revelation, it looks like that there's, it's cut up like a piece of pie sometimes. Now, prophecy equals second coming. Secret equals the bride of the church, which we are a part of, which is neither Jew nor Gentile. All right. Now you got to understand something in prophecy. The prophecy was for the world. You had God, and God did this big world, and then He had to destroy most of it. And then, then he, he got He got Noah, and he, so He said Noah had this line. Then, so at, up until Abraham, God was dealing with mankind. Right? Mankind is together. Then He raised up Abram. Then He called him Abraham. So he saw Abraham, and he said, okay, God, for some reason, said, okay, I'm going to, instead of just speaking to the earth, I'm going to speak to this group of people to speak to the earth. That, that, that was his plan. So that's when he raised up Abraham. Then he had all the sons, you know, the 12 tribes, and here we got this, this, this basically a lot of the Old Testament, most of it. 
talking about God speaking to this people to tell his will to the earth. So that, that's what he did. Now, these people, what we're running into now is then, so in, God speaks to these prophets and to these people, and he says, uh, by the way, I'm going to come visit you. And he did that in his son Jesus. Well, he was prophesied about coming, so he came, but they didn't believe him. I know all of y'all understand the verses in, in, in the Apostle Paul, uh, Hebrews 11, 11, I think it is, that God has blinded Israel until the fullest of the Gentiles. But you got to understand something. Israel rejected God twice before he blinded them. After the second invitation, God said, I've had it. I'm going to blind you now for a while. Mess around, mess with me. I'll make it where you can't get it. Now, that's, that's, that's there again, God said it, but that's a spiritual characteristic of God. We, we got to understand something. God's spirit will not always strive with man. That, that, that includes me and you. Uh, uh, I mean, just totally against the narrative a man means man and woman, okay? He didn't say they or theirs. That's why that's my point here. He's, God did this. He spoke this. This is just true. His spirit doesn't always, God does not. If he's knocking at your door, say yes. That's the point. One thing I can tell you, with Israel, he gave him two invitations and he had it. So if he knocks twice, please open the door. Please walk. But see, a lot of us have been hanging out with God for a long time now, not saying yes to what he says to say yes to. We want to keep a hard head about, well, I, when I'm persuaded, I'll say yes. You better go whether you're persuaded or not. I've said yes to God, and there's a lot of things in this book I say yes to that I hadn't done yet. It's important to say yes to God. You say, well, Alan, I'm struggling. You better get over your struggle and get on with it. I'm not God, but I'll tell you what God said. He won't always strive with us. This church, we want to be a church of God's provision, a healing place, a place people walk in the door and get saved. We better get on with it. God's Spirit doesn't always, is not always going to strive with you, life, to fulfill its purpose. God's not always going to strive with you to, for, for His purpose. There's a, there's a book up there called the Book of Life, and God's got your destiny written down in that book. To agree with God means God's taking you to that destiny that he's already written in that book before the foundations of the earth. You say a no is just stopping your own destiny. I'd rather be guilty of trusting God in everything and not using my brain at all. I was using my brain all the time and not trusting God for anything. Okay. So that's what we see happens there. Now. Prophecy is, is the beginning of sorrows. It's in Matthew 24, and I'm not going to go over that again, but it talks about uh, this is prophecy, the beginning of start wars, rumors of wars. Now, we're seeing all of this, right? We, we do, we've seen all this for 2,000 years, but it's really, it, it just so happens one war today can do a lot more damage than 100 wars 1,000 years ago. Okay, now, now this, this war's word here is not in numbers. It's, in the, it's how damn it, the dynamic it is. And, I, and I, I can't get in all that. Just trust me or look it up. Now, prophecy of mystery. Uh, 
It says we're to be ready. Be therefore ready. Now, I say I put up our prophecy and mystery. So everyone's supposed to be ready, whether you're in the body of Christ or, or if you're part of the Jewish nation. If you wake up one morning and find yourself in the tribulation period, you're still supposed to be ready. Okay, I'm just going to speak to everybody because everybody that's in this room will not be in the catching away. So uh, if you're going to stay, uh, there you go. Now, uh, prophecy equals the second coming. Now, this is in Daniel. There again, I'm just going to scoot right on through these. And then all of these things, just look that up, if you would. Daniel 2, 44 and 45. You see, there it's talking about the second coming. Uh, that's prophecy. Another second coming is Daniel 7, 13 through 14. And this is where he had this vision. Uh, Daniel has this vision. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. He has a vision about the king coming. That's Daniel 7, 13. Now, the great tribulation results of rejected invitation. Now, you've got to understand that God picks the nation Israel. He speaks to him. He said, now you go tell the earth what the will of God is. All right? Now, if for instance, and I'll get into it, the Great Commission. We all want to go do the Great Commission. Well, the Great Commission was rejected by the nation Israel. Now, they did it. Some of the 12 did it a little bit. But as far as the nation, look at them. I mean, they've re they rejected that invitation. So my point being is the great tribulation is results of rejected invitation. So as I'm teaching you Matthew 22, this is a big chapter. It's a big deal. It, it shows this parable. You have a series of parables here that, that uh, Jesus uh, talks about uh, the rejected invitations of God to, to Israel. And so then God finally gets fed up with it. it's given to us and, and understanding through the apostle Paul probably 25 years later. said, God, hey, it's... If y'all remember your Bible, Acts 28, 28, the Apostle Paul says, uh, Lo am I, he, he, he declares a prophecy of the Old Testament. He says, Lo am I, they are not my people. And so Paul says, okay, I'm now going to go to the Gentiles. Um, up until that point, Paul went to the Jews and the Gentiles. After Acts 28, 28, Paul just went to the Gentiles. Now, Peter and the Twelve stayed with the Twelve. But Paul, so what happened in Acts 28, 28 is we know that there's something shifted right there. The gospel is going to Israel and Gentiles. And also in Acts 28, 28, that prophecy kicked in of Isaiah. And all of a sudden we had something else uh, took place then. I believe personally that's where the third invitation picked up, and we'll uh, get into that. So Jesus defines Daniel 12 about the tribulation, 24, 21. For then shall there be the great tribulation such as uh, was since the world uh, began of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh shall be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So you see that there's going to be some elect in those days. You see, you see that now. Uh, time of Jacob's trouble, I'm not going to redo really that. Daniel 12, 1, it speaks about, you can look it up, the time of uh, Jacob's trouble. And it says, there shall be a time of trouble, uh, such as never since the world, uh, even to the nation at this time. And then it's also in uh, Jeremiah speaks of that. Now, we're going to get back into where we were in the great invitation of the king. Now, this is 17 minutes after 10. I can't believe this. Uh, all right, hang with me. The king's invitation. Now, I did a little bit of Matthew 22 last week, and I, but we're going to do I'm going to, I found myself just like telling you a little more about the wedding. I needed to say just a little bit more. I was trying to hurry through it too quickly. So the king's invitation, this is a parable that is part of a series of parables whose theme is a warning of God's judgment. 
All right, you got a whole series of parables there. You, you can look in uh, Matthew uh, 21. Uh, there's just a whole series. Now, in Matthew 10, does anybody remember that? Matthew 10, Jesus did the miracles, and then some said, well, he's doing it by the power of Beelzebub, the devil. You remember that? All right, after Matthew 10, Jesus didn't speak to the public anymore, except through a parable. It's like Jesus said, okay, y'all going to say I'm doing the devil. I'm going to speak in a language that you can't understand. Isn't that amazing? So then these series of these parables begin after Matthew 10. You know, so my point there also is, do you think Jesus can be offended? The answer is yes. Does he have grace and mercy? and all? Yeah, God's got all that stuff, but don't think it's not there. Uh, my point being, if you're, uh, uh, if you're pretty far away from God, and there's others around you, uh, you're, you're, all you're hearing is a parable. And a parable without revelation is death, it's not life. Okay, so here we see Jesus starts speaking in these parables. He's got this series of parables about uh, the nation Israel rejecting uh, this invitation by God. Now, what caused them to reject it? It was their own pride and religious spirit. Don't mistake that. The reason Israel rejected Jesus as the Messiah was because of their, let, let me preface it with this first, ignorance, pride. Because pride is nothing but ignorance on steroids. That's right. That's what it is. It, it, it's just so. But anyway, God tried to, to approach them twice. So you got the king's invitation. This is a parable. There's part of a series of parables whose theme is a warning of God's judgment that would soon fall on the religious rulers of Israel and the nation for their rejection of Jesus. And so when you see a lot of these scriptures, we try to go to them and say, well, why, why is God doing that or, or whatever? You got to understand the parables, a lot of these parables and what God was uh, saying. Now, Jesus was aware the Pharisees were plotting to kill him right before Matthew 22. Jesus was aware of that. Now, I mean, they'd already said, you're, cast, you're doing all this through the power of the devil. So Jesus, so this is right before the cross, the time we're going into now, even the Easter season, that this is right before the cross. And he knew that they were, they were out uh, uh, to get him. And, and the whole issue, uh, believe it or not, this whole issue of going into this uh, parable and several parables. The whole, the whole issue was tax. <laughs> that you see, you had the Galileans, uh, which they were against tax. I guess they were good Republicans. I don't know. So, so the Galileans were against tax, and so, so I mean, a lot. Of, uh, well, that fits better than I thought. Uh, uh, they're they're against tax, but they were trying to catch Jesus in a mistake. That's what they were trying to do. So you had, you had this going on. They were trying to, they kept trying to set up Jesus and Jesus would answer their question in a parable. But they were trying to get him killed. That was their whole, that was their whole goal. Now, the parables he taught in the days leading up to his crucifixion needed no interpretation uh, for his enemies to know he was prophesying judgment against them. Well, he, yeah, yeah, they just want to kill him. Jesus spoke in parables after Matthew 10. Now, the parable of the marriage feast is, uh, I started it last week. I just gave you a quick skim overview of the thing, and we're going to jump in a little deeper, is in uh, chapter 22, 1 through 14, and the parable of the, of the wicked tenants. Uh, you can also read that, and I advise you to in Mark uh, 12, 1 through, two, uh, 1 through 12. Uh, 
he's speaking here of this judgment uh, that will befall uh, Israel. Now, both illustrate Israel's rejection of the, uh, Jesus Christ as the Messiah and the wrath of judgment of God that would come upon Israel. So we see that this, see what happens in the day of grace, and we're in the grace, we try to do away with the wrath, we, you, but you can't do that. Nobody talks about it much. We're always talking about the grace of God, and I'm all for that. But this is a prophetic class, and uh, we're, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to understand all this stuff. Um, so then, the king in this parable was God the Father. The son that is being married was Jesus Christ as we go into this. Now, the king, God the Father, uh, the son is being married to Jesus. The servants were responsible for inviting the guests. So we, you know we have this about this marriage. And so we're going to have this marriage uh, of a king and his son. And the servants were to in, invite the guests. I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to prove it here in a minute, but I'm going to give you something. The first invitation was done by John the Baptist. Second invitation was done by the disciples. And uh, third invitation is to be done by us. Uh, but Now, there's still even a little more in it than that. I, I want you to see it. Um, parable of the marriage feast, uh, Matthew. Uh, now, this is what I want us to see. It's very important to recognize the three. Uh, we got three invitations here, three, three invitations that are in this parable. Now, the first invitation uh, is to the nation Israel. Second invitation is to the nation Israel, but God ups the ante a little bit, okay? The second invitation is, you see, Israel always had to see a miracle or they wouldn't think that God was in it. Uh, that, that was the way, that's just the way they were. So first invitation is repent. You know, John, the Baptist, repent. The kingdom of heaven's at hand. Uh, second invitation, God upped it with miracles. He said, okay, y'all don't believe it. I'm going to up the ante. Uh, I'm going to give you all of these, all of this stuff. We're going to get into the second invitation. And then uh, uh, the third invitation, uh, God went to the whole earth. Now, understand something here. God was dealing with the whole earth uh, 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 as in the days of Noah. See what I'm saying? The third invitation goes back to as in the days of Noah. God was dealing with the whole earth. He wasn't doing it through, through a particular group of people. Does everybody see that? You get that? So part of, you have to understand this to start understanding as in the days of Noah. So the whole earth is in the third invitation. Are right, you got it? So as we're thinking that, so God's dealing with Israel, then he gives a second invitation, he ups the ante, it's with Israel. Then this third invitation He's going to go to the whole earth. But that's what God had in mind. That's what God, that's the way this whole thing was in the beginning. So, so we start seeing God uh, recovering uh, the whole system. Now we've got a problem. A problem is prophecy. God has promised Israel things in the first two invitations. And I've told y'all, once God says something, it just is. It's law. This is what God did. How many times do you think God said, spoke gravity into existence. you think he had to say it 10 times, five times? Or do you think he said it one time, and, and, and now we have gravity, right? So God says things one time. God's got, even though Israel did not accept the first invita two invitations, God still had promises made that excluded their obedience. God had just promised it. 
So when God promised it, it's just going to happen. Good news is God knew that they would come to a point of obedience. But God still made the promise just the same. So when you get into the first two invitations, even though he went to a third invitation, there was things he had promised in the first two invitations hadn't happened yet. Does everybody get it? So we got the third invitation comes on the scene. And with the third invitation, when that thing's complete, guess what? God's going to circle back around and give the second invitation again because it wasn't finished. Okay? See that? So, see, we're, we're the parentheses. We're kind of stuck right in. I could have put four invitations, really, but it's, it's, I just want you to understand it. So we had these three invitations. And all of a sudden, God had this mystery, had this secret. So he stuck it in, he stuck it in the, in the middle of it. And God loves to do that. Uh, he does it all the time. It, it, in, in, in when you're studying Bible, you call it parenthetical scripture. Parenthetical means it's a parenthesis. It means it's stuck in the, you have a sentence and you say the, uh, uh, the house is, is red and in parentheses, uh, it's ugly too. It is red, right? So, so a parenthesis is something that you just, it's kind of like, it's not an afterthought, but it's kind of stuck in there. And so the body of Christ, us today as a church, we're kind of a, we are a, a parenthesis. We're a mystery. We were a secret that God stuck in here. Satan didn't know we were even going to be here. Somebody say amen. God knew everybody else was going to be here. He didn't know we were going to be here. Somebody say amen. I know a lot of people say, well, the devil's got my number. No, he hasn't. He didn't know you were going to be here. That's right. That's a whole teaching in itself, but buddy, it's good. Okay, God, I will move on. Let's go here now. So you see how these invitations are up here now. So now we got this mirror. The first invitation. Now here it is, it's in Matthew 22. And Jesus answered and spake uh, them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which we know is God, which made a marriage for his son, which we know is Jesus, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come, it says. You see that? They would not come. John the Baptist goes out. He gives, repent, be baptized for remission of sins. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? All, all of those scriptures. But there's a few that took him up on it. But as a nation, uh, it was rejected. So in this first invitation, uh, it's hard to believe that a king had a wedding and his own people did not want to come. Uh, that's kind of tough, right? Uh, it's, it's just like uh, if you're a father and you have a daughter and, and get married and, and your own family doesn't want to come. That, that would hurt your feelings, right? Well, this is what, this is what happened here. It, it, God said, you're my chosen people. I picked you out of the whole planet. I picked you out of the whole earth. You're, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Now, I'm going to send my son, and, uh, and that invitation as a nation was rejected. So we started here with John the Baptist, and uh, I've told you that John came at that first invitation. Now, it's here in Matthew 3, 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is what? Is at hand. So they knew that it was very close. Uh, uh, for this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. This is prophecy. 
say, in the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So we see here by the Old Testament of the Scripture that this part of, of this invitation is in prophecy. It's, it's not in secret or mystery. This is prophesied about. Satan knew he was coming. Satan knew all that stuff. He, he, that's the reason that when Jesus was born, uh, that Herod had all the babies killed, right? Because he, he knew he was coming. He's going to get him killed. He, Satan knows prophecy, but he doesn't know and didn't know mystery. Now he's catching on to mystery now, but he, but he didn't know it. So he was going to kill the king because his kingdom of him coming uh, was at hand. What Satan didn't have any idea of, his, be, his kingdom was bigger than he thought. Uh, his kingdom is, is, is huge here. So then we, then we go into the next scripture, and it says, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around about Jordan. So you see John went out to all of these places uh, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their what? Their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, uh, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from what? The wrath to come. So we, we see here that it's in prophecy. It's understood uh, that this wrath of God, like in the days of Noah, is going to come again. So what he was saying, hey, you need to repent here. See, see I can't stand here in front of you today and tell you everything in this world is going to be all right. I can't do that. Now, I can say this, everything in your life can be all right. In this world, that's not going to be all right. Now, do I think that you can have uh, uh, blessed times and all the above in this? Yeah, yeah, God can bless. Listen, we've had blessed times 20 years ago. We can have blessed times again uh, if we're saying yes to God uh, is, is the way that works. So it says, old generations of vipers and who hath warned you to flee to come and and our singers just came in, so that means I just ran out of time. So uh, I warn you, the wrath to come. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meant for repentance. All right, I'm going to have to stop here. Wow. Uh, I didn't get anywhere I was wanting to go, but I feel responsible that I went where the Lord wanted me to go. So, so we'll start here again uh, next week. We're going to go a little bit more on John the Baptist. I want you to have more understanding. It's important to understand the first invitation. So we understand other scripture uh, than when we read it. One thing I wanted you to understand even today is when the third invitation happens, just understand Israel rejected God twice before God hardened their hearts and blinded them. Okay, just, just remember that. And uh, there'll be a time, though, that God will pull that back and Israel's going to take off and, uh, and Jesus will be their Messiah and this much I can tell you, in the end, uh, as my mother used to tell me, listen, y'all, everything's going to be all right. It's, 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 everything's going to be all right. But it's important that I think that we understand the words of God as, so as a prophetic people, we might be able to say what the will of God is in this hour. Amen? Okay, let's stand. Uh, Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your way. I ask and pray, oh God, that as we move forward in the service, that your will would be done. And Yahweh, we ask and pray that you'll fill our hearts, our minds, and our lungs with praise unto you. Thank you, O oh God, for allowing us to be here, to be with your people, to be with you. And Lord Jesus, I 